day, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you day. Today is another day. And today, I'm going to start with a series of talks on our history, our past, what we were, and maybe at some point in time, we're going to begin to examine why we became what we are today. And then we'll be able to find solutions. Of course, this uh, series of talk shows came about from a desire, the desire to see change happen in my country, Sierra Leone. Throughout my lifetime, I have had several experiences with uh, people calling themselves Sierra Leoneans. And one thing that has always stood out is that the name Sierra Leone does not carry an export outside the domain of upbringing of the speaker. By this I mean, if you're talking to somebody born of the Northern province, the vision of Sierra Leone, the understanding of Sierra Leone, the perception of Sierra Leone is limited to that part that he grew up. If you talk to somebody from the South, it's the same. Of course, it's worse when you talk to people who were born and brought up in the Western area. Most of them don't know beyond Waterloo. It's unfortunate. And it's one of the reasons why our country has been stagnated. If we don't know our geography and our history, then we don't know who we are. And if we don't know who we are, we would never be able to coexist and do things that will help us develop. Instead, we're going to act as individuals, acting in isolation. Or we would act within certain social groups that we know and so we don't consider those outside that social group as part of us. This is exactly what is happening to Sierra Leone. And it is based on this and also reading through social media, the various comments on social media, that I found it necessary to take my time even spend my resources to get materials online, some of which or most of which are paid materials, to research and get facts about who we are and what we were at some point in time and what we are now, which I believe most of us know. It goes without saying, we are a divided people. 
We are divided in our communities. We are divided in our politics. We are divided in our outlook. We are even divided in most of our homes. Some of us will not sit by and see Sierra Leone go down. From 1991 up to 2001, we went down. Some of us became victims of a situation we are never party to. If we see a repeat of that being developed, and I think it's time we take the bull by the arm. My talk shows are not intended for any purpose to be political. I am a member of a political party, but I put my country above politics. So let us start. The place we call Sierra Leone, what is it? According to the history, a misguided one that we were told, some Portuguese cartographer called Pedro da Sintra came sometime around 1460, 1462 and saw the mountains in the western area peninsula at a time when it was raining heavily. Here in the thunder, with the lush vegetation at that time, it was like the roar of a lion. So he called the place Sierra Loa, Lion Mountains. From that point up to 1808, there were people living in that part of the world. There was some form of governance in that part of the world. There was organization. There were conflicts. There were everything as we see them happen today. But one thing that stood out, which has not been part of the history we're taught, but which has been proven over and over again, is that Sometime around the 16th century, when the Mali Empire finally collapsed, several smaller empires or kingdoms or governance systems emerged. Along the coast, there were smaller um, political entities. And within that same period, a group of people who were inland, somewhere along the Niger, Chad, Mali, Burkina Faso axis, decided to move westwards. Whatever the reason, I don't know. But they moved westwards. They were led by people. And they came and met the Atlantic Ocean. 
they also met people who had already been living along the Atlantic coast. These people comprise of three of the ethnic groups we have in Sierra Leone today. The Bolom, that we wrongly call Shabro. Why they are called Shabro, I would explain at some point. The Baga, whose language later emerged as Temne, and the Susu. These people had lived along the coast from as far north as southern Guinea-Bissau to as far south as Bong County in Liberia. When these other people who came met them, there were skirmishes, of course, when the two strangers meet who have never met before, we always expect such things to happen. It has happened all over the world. But at the end of the day, some kind of compromise was reached and they each tolerated themselves. And then the Koya Kingdom was formed. The Koya Kingdom extended from Guinea, Conakry as we know it today, to Liberia. And the Koya Kingdom existed from around the 16th century up to the time when the British, the French, and all the others came to Africa, and Africa was divided at the Berlin Conference of 1884-85. Well, of course, I would find time in one of the series to deal with that issue of the Berlin Conference and its impact on present-day Africa. For now, let us limit it to the Kuya Kingdom, Sierra Leone, Guinea, Liberia. The greater part of what we call today the Mano River Union. I will share with you a Google Earth map that I have uh, prepared for this talk. Looking at this map, you see in Guinea, there is a place called Koya. There is also Koya close to Conakry. There is Koya in Cambia district. There is a chiefdom here called Koya. There is another chiefdom here called Koya. This one here has the headquarter of Sungo and this has Bauma. And here is Koya, spelled differently in Liberia, very close to the border of La Côte d'Ivoire. This is not a coincidence because this points to the fact that this area was at some point in time all part of what was called the Koya Kingdom. That is why today you'll find people 
of same culture, same surnames across these three countries. Irrespective of the language they speak, the surnames Kamara, Koroma, Sise, Conte, Bangura, Dumbuya, these are found all over these three countries. That also verifies the fact that the Koya Kingdom existed and that they were under one highly decentralized governance system. To back this up, in Liberia, in Guinea, in Sierra Leone, you will find places that are called Sumbuya. Sumbuya. And in Sierra Leone in particular, every district has a place called Sumbuya. That's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. But the problem we have as a people is that we go to school, we get educated because we think it's a way to improve ourselves and get jobs. After schooling, after education, I don't care what level we decide to terminate our education at, we will never engage on research, nor will we continue to find out. Another part of us is that we are very easy to take hook, line, and sinker, whatever we are told. We don't find out. It is these socio-psychological weaknesses, plus the fact that most of us don't even know our cultures and our history, that is our biggest problem. But how did it become a problem? The problem started when some of our forefathers collaborated with Europeans who came to look for slaves to take across the Atlantic. Especially so those who were living along the coastal areas. In the series, I will come with a database that has been uh, made open now, wherein records show every country or every part along the coast of Af the Atlantic Africa that was involved in the, the slave trade. For Sierra Leone in particular, three areas are mentioned. The Bones Island, Port Loco area, the Shabro area, and the Galines area. These were the key areas where people collaborated with Europeans to sell their kinsmen into slavery. That act 
brought a lot of mistrust. It brought in a lot of mistrust. It builds the culture of mistrust. And it is that culture that is today our biggest challenge because it is that culture of mistrust amongst us. Even though we have the same bloodline, that culture of mistrust is what is dividing us. It is what is making politics dangerous. It is what fuels corruption. That I will deal with as a separate topic at one of the, the series. The root of all the corruption in Sierra Leone is because of mistrust. Why and how I will deal, it at, deal with it at the right time. Today is just an introductory um, talk show for us to begin to understand and see the roots of our challenges. I don't call them a problem. I believe we can overcome these so-called problems if we are ready to open up our minds and stop believing in the lies of the past. The lies of the past are now being reinforced in politics and it's taking a dangerous dimension. So we have to stop it now or there'll come a time most of us will regret it. Sierra Leone as it is, is a country of people with a common bloodline and a, a, well, maybe three different DNAs, I would say, from my research. Three different DNAs by which I mean there was one set of people that came south from the Kabu kingdom, which was around the Senegambia, Mauritania, up to Guinea-Bissau axis. There was another set that came from inland, and there was another set that had already been there before the collapse of the Mali Empire. So these three people, having coexisted for over three centuries, intermarried, they intermarried. They moved around and lived with each other. Their children today are all over Sierra Leone. But what has made us not see this fact is that today our country has three key languages that are spoken by the majority of the people. The interesting finding I got about these three languages, the Mende, Timni, and Creole, 
is that at one point in time, they were all minority languages. Minority languages. But these languages, because people wanted a common communication medium, emerged and grew. Mendy grew in an axis within the south and the east. Timney grew in the northern axis. The Creoles, who were brought back to where they were taken, that's another thing I'll discuss at another point, why the British came with the Creoles to Sierra Leone. They knew, they had the records that these people or the ancestors of these people were taken from the shores of Sierra Leone. So they brought them back home. They are part of us. They are not strangers to us. Some of our forefathers offended their forefathers. If we want to be decent people, we have to apologize to them. That's what decent people do. They put their ego down. They put their pride down and say, I am sorry. And part of the reason for my talk shows is to make decent people out of Sierra Leoneans. Because I see a lot of indecency making rounds, especially amongst those assuming they are educated. I would advise them, take time out, do some research, do some introspection, see who you are, and calm down, calm down. Being educated is not about going all over the place, throwing your ego. It's about how you can use what you know to assist mankind. If you cannot do that, then stop talking about being educated. You are not, you are an idiot. But coming back to the topic. These three linguistic groups emerge from minor languages to major languages because people wanted to use them to get a common medium of communication. The actual people with those DNA of the linguistic groups that are today, the major linguistic groups in Sierra Leone, which are Timni, Mende, and Creole, are in the minority. The, and another thing you would notice is that if you do any research, one thing that will come out clearly is that with the Timni and the Mendi DNA people, they have names that are different from the common Sierra Leonean surnames. You go all over Sierra Leone, you find Kamara, Kuruma, Sise, Conte, Tarawali, Ture, etc. 
but the actual people from the Mende tribe don't have those names. They have special surnames. They have special surnames. And you'll find most of those people within the Moyamba bond axis or the area of the Kwamende people. You go to the north, it's the same thing. The actual people who have the Timini DNA have special surnames and they are mostly found around Tonkolili, Potloko, and Bombali Axis. Of course, they are mostly in Tonkolili, where you find names like Bla, Tula, Tolly. You go to Moyamba, you find Lagao, you find Briwa, etc. These are special names pointing to those linguistic uh, people with the DNA of the language they speak. But when a Kamara or a Suare or a Tarawali speaks Mendi and discriminates against a Suare in Cambia who speaks Susu and Timini, so I wonder if we are really thinking. Because it's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence for people to have similar surnames across ethnic or linguistic lines, if I have to be very technical and clear. It's not a coincidence that we have Suarez in Cambia, we have Suarez in Freetown, we have a Suarez family or roots in Moyamba and one in Pujang. It's not a coincidence. How this came about, I would talk about it in another lecture. It's not a coincidence we have Fofanas in Cambia, Fofanas in Moyamba, Fofanas in Bo and Kenema. It's not a coincidence that we have Tarawalis within the same locations. It's not a coincidence that I have a maternal cousin in Pujang who is a Ja or a Kai Kai. It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that we have people in the eastern part of Sierra Leone who go by the name Kamara or Kuruma, even though some of them spell it differently. It's not a coincidence that you have Contes in Guinea along the coast, you have them in Cambia, you have them in Potloko along the coast, you have them in Bont, as well as in Liberia. Same with the Bangoras. It's not a coincidence. Above all, it's not a coincidence that we have places in Sierra Leone in every district carrying the name Sumbuya. Sumbuya. It's not a coincidence. Another thing is, 
When you look at Bendembu in Kailan district, and you look at Bendembu, don't you see similarities in those names? Don't you think that there had been some misnomer along the line, and that Bendembu, which is original Bandi, or what we call local name, was changed into Pendembu by a misunderstanding, like Mumbai was changed into Bombay? Are we really educated in Sierra Leone? Are we? It's time we wake up. It's time we wake up to the task of nation building. Nation building is not about how much book you know and how much of somebody else's language you can talk like I'm using somebody else's language now. It's about what you learned and how you can use it to better your society, your culture, and mankind in general. And for you to be able to do that, first and foremost, you need to know who you are. Know your culture, know your history, know your limits, accept them. Don't blame people for what you are. Accept them and improve on them. Next is, if you are to be on the task of nation building, you should be one of the people contribute, contributing to building trust, not one of those contributing to divide the country and, and institute mistrust because you think you will benefit from dividing the people. If you do that, you're an idiot. Whoever is involved in that kind of behavior in politics is an idiot. And we need to begin to call some of these people out. Potentially, Sierra Leone can become one of the richest countries on earth. But we will never be able to achieve that if we are not united. We will never. And it's time we begin to call people out. If you want to go and campaign for election or re-election, please do a research. Find out who you are. Go and talk to the people on what you think you can do. Don't go and preach division. Please. The pettiness of ethnic politics, the pettiness of polarizing our people has to stop. And this is the purpose for these talks. The purpose is to educate the people of Sierra Leone for them to know the truth so that no Jack and Jill will come and tell them any kind of trash and use them. 
61 years of misuse and abuse has to come to an end. The records there for us to find out. I am using my time and my money to find out. I have found out a lot. I am even thinking of writing a book. At some point, I decided, okay, don't write a book. Let us write a film which can be easily accessed by the majority of the people. I am spending my money and time researching this history of the Upper Guinea Coast by Walter Rodney. Walter Rodney is somebody most of us who think we are radical education, educated people know about. But most of us never know or knew that this man did his doctorate research on the Upper Guinea Coast and it was a research more on the history of Koya and Sierra Leone. Most of us don't know that. We don't know that because we think history is not necessary. Oh, why do I have to learn history? Yeah, because we get educated to get jobs. We don't get educated to know who we are. So we don't think learning history or knowing about our culture is very relevant. It is. Because if you don't know who you are, then you are a nobody. It is. That's why the kingdom of Norway has a ministry of culture and equality. That ministry is set to regulate policies around the culture of the Norwegian people. Also, it is mandatory in Norway that all foreign nationals coming to Norway have to satisfy certain creditors of learning Norwegian culture before they can be granted stay in the country or even to get admission into university. This is a country where you virtually don't pay fees in public universities. But if you don't have that credit on culture, you will not be admitted. Because once you are admitted, you are free to take your course. Further, it's not that they are discriminating for or forcing us to learn our their culture. This is a country where the emphasis on mother tongue is so strong that they would tell us foreigners to teach our children our native tongue. If we can't and if we want them to learn that native tongue, there is somewhere we go and make an application. They will find a teacher or somebody who can speak that language to teach the child and the government pays for that. In Africa, especially in Sierra Leone, we don't value our cultures. We don't value our history. We would rather become American gangsters or something else than know who we are. 
this mental imbalance in us is our biggest challenge. And that is what we need to work on if we want to make Sierra Leone a better place. You can have your PhD or whatever, but if you don't do this, Take it from me, you'll never be able to contribute meaningfully because the next man you're going to talk to does not trust you. It's not your PhD that speaks. It's trust. Human relationship is trust in the home. If there is no trust, the home goes apart. There is divorce in a community. If there is no trust, there is always fighting. If you have children who are not united and who don't trust each other, they will fight. Trust is the first thing we need to build. And if we are to build that trust, we need to find out who we are. I have gone 40% of the way to find out. I'm not telling you I know everything. I'm still researching. In fact, the issue of writing a book or making a screenplay for a film is still on development because I don't want to come and write any trash or make any trash to give out to Sierra Leoneans. I want to do it in a way that everybody would understand, oh, this is who we are. We are brothers and sisters. Why are we fighting? Why can't we be fair with each other? The politics of winners take all. It's because we don't trust each other. We are divided. The politics of hate preaching, of lies and propaganda, it's because we are divided. We don't trust each other. Social theories are clear about that. That when people coexist and there is lack of trust, they soon form minor protection groups. And these protection groups become power cores or states within the state. This is exactly what we see happening in Sierra Leone. We see it in the politics. When I was growing up, we never had what is called clique. Today, our cities and towns are divided into groups of young men which we should have better given technical and vocational skills for them to be self-reliant. These are the people who today form those gangs. And what do they do? They fight. They cause violence. December 2015, I was in Freetown. There was something at the stadium. Sometime around 11, going to midnight, there was firing, open firing. I asked, what is happening? They say, it's the cliques. Cliques in Sierra Leone. What has have become of what have we become? What have we really become? 
Have we learned any lessons from the war we went through? That stupid war, which was all about power. It's time we wake up from the slumber. It's a long road, but we can make it short if all of us are ready to take up the task the task of researching, finding out. Go to, if you are from up the provinces, for God's sake, go to your village, ask the elders. Some of them have this knowledge about our past. They will share it with you. But if you don't ask, if you keep calling them illiterate, they keep quiet. Because you are insulting them. They keep quiet. And for those of you in public offices, please change that tone. Because some of you don't even know who you are, honestly. If you do a DNA test now, you may find out that the people you consider as your enemies are your real blood brothers. I'm challenging all of you to that. Do a DNA test. Let us have a national DNA test in Sierra Leone. And let's see what the result will be. If you cannot serve your country because you want to get rich, go out of politics. Take up business. Take up business. But let us leave politics to those people who have the will and the wish to change. It's not about people having money or people having university degree. It's about the will and the wish to see change happen. That's what politics is about. There is no place in the world where you should have a special qualification to become a politician. There is a place in every government for politicians to employ people with special skills and listen to them. Politicians who succeed don't think, ah, I know it all. And go out publicly, I, my government, me, I did this, I... No! Politicians who succeed are surrounded by a technical team that they seek advice from. This is why in every country, there is provision for special assistance to every politician. Special assistance. The special assistant should not be your brother or your girlfriend. It should be somebody with knowledge who does the basic researches that you need and come out with recommendations or solutions that you use. This is how successful politicians operate. It's not about you going all over the place making as if you are a demigod. 
those of you in politics, it's time you change the tone. Because some of us know a lot. And we wouldn't want to be forced to come publicly with what we know about some of you. If you have relatives in Cambia, find out. If you have relatives in uh, Bombali, find out. If you have relatives in Potoloko, find out. If you have relatives in Pujaun and you are in Cambia, find out. If you have relatives in Kailang and you are from Bombali or Cambia, find out. Let us know how we are connected. Then we would have empathy. When we build empathy, then we'll put ethics and trust in front of whatever we do. Then Sierra Leone will begin on the path. I will stop there for today. Thank you very much for listening to my crap.